the shops and cottages, the galleries, the bed and breakfasts, the drag bars, and the abandoned boas. They all seemed to radiate, like the colors had been stripped, all but one. The once blaring tones of the day were now muted, soaked up, and they were evaporating into the air, into a gorgeous, pale blue phosphorescence. The moon was bursting. It was late summer. Labor Day was still two weeks away. I was walking back to my hotel. It was long after midnight on the Cape. You were closer to sunset, where the neon was still warm. Sunset Ave, that is. It's all glowing, I said to you. It's beautiful. Like I'm inside a black and white TV. I had one of those, you know, when I was nine. A chunky little thing from Sears with dials and knobs. And silver highlights. The antenna only picked up five channels. But still, with my door closed and everyone asleep, they were just for me. Okay, you just turned how old? You asked me, cutting off my beautiful tale of childhood nostalgia. A black and white TV? Well, first of all, the TV was like twice my age. Maybe thrice. And also, I... I was too flustered to come up with a decent second. Your cackle was so loud, I had to pull the phone away from my ear. A break, I'm sure, they were both grateful for. Every day and night, June to August, me in Boston, you in L.A., they spent hours on end smashed up against each other. Texting was in its infancy in 05. Sending pictures was kind of a chore, and that's if you could get a good one. Away messages were the social media of the day. There were no old photos to creep. There certainly was no video chat. These epic calls were how we got our start. Like two months earlier, I remember waiting for you to call flip phone in hand. A variety of cheeses, crackers, and crusty breads were plated. Oh, olive tapenade. There was even pate. The wine was poured and candles were lit. This would be elegant. This was our first date. You rented the movie and rang right on time. It was a story about love that was meant to be, but not meant to be forever. The kind with gorgeous dialogue and a swelling romantic score. And Gwyneth, ugh, she's a delight. I was swooning just describing it. I couldn't believe you'd never seen Shakespeare in Love. Once your candles were lit and your wine was poured, I told you to queue up the DVD and press pause on the title card with the city and the year. 
A little over two hours later, after tolerating all my whispered, wait, and watch this, and ah, that is my favorite line, which I said like five times, but you tolerated it all like a perfect gentleman. You told me you loved it. Then we talked into the night. The next morning, I found the phone under my pillow. The surf was lapping at my toes now. I was back at my hotel, standing on the beach. I was on my coast. You were on yours. Everyone was asleep. It was just us, staring up at the moon. Another two weeks would pass before it actually happened, but I knew then that meeting you in person was just a formality. I knew that night, that call, that's where our movie would begin. Six years later, just after your birthday in the summer of 2011, a year before I left Calgary, we made another one of those coast-to-coast calls. I was visiting Boston. You were back living in L.A. now. We were selling my car, the tan Volvo. The very car, actually, whose price negotiation almost got us tossed from the dealership. That one. For almost a year, we'd only communicated through texts and emails. So with the car stuff resolved, there was a sense of, okay, now what? I asked about the weather in L.A. because it's conversationally basic and it's what wasps do when we're uncomfortable and conversationally cornered. And I asked about the dogs, of course. I missed our little mans and girl. You had a new office. I asked about that. You said it was good and fine and good again. There was nervous laughter, mostly mine. I was struggling. We'd never had awkward silence like this before. Then you gasped and your voice went up half an octave. Oh my God, guess who I ran into? Despite the sprawl of Los Angeles, you went on to tell me, you managed to bump into your ex, the one before me, in a grocery store. He hadn't seen you since 05 when you left for Boston, and he just assumed you were living in domestic bliss with matching terriers. You explained he was only half right. He smirked at that, you said. That's when I started singing the Schadenfreude song from Avenue Q. I thought it was hysterical and well-timed. You asked if I was missing being the mayor of Grinder. Bitch, you won that exchange. I asked about Ma and the rest of your family, too. I was taking mine to Vegas the next day. You asked if my mom gambled. If by gamble you mean with her ankles as she negotiates a crowded Las Vegas Boulevard sidewalk in sandals with a cocktail in hand, then yes, I said. She is planning to gamble. You cackled. I laughed. There we were. We were laughing again. God, I miss this. You did too, I think. I know you did. This was nice. 
and we'd do it again soon, when we had more time. It was close to midnight on my coast. You were closer to sunset, again, like that night six years ago inside my chunky old TV. This time, though, this was where our movie would begin again. After the distillation of a year with a montage of moving pictures and a somber song and a fade to black. After a pause and a title card with the city and year. We'd pick up where we left off. 